0: This show was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Knappers, Hawkes Bay's community access radio station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for enabling us to put Hawkes Bay voices on air.
1: Welcome everybody. Welcome back to Conversations. Cool Waikoi, what waters are you? And this is a this is a an interview series where we look at people and we look in, into their souls. And I'm looking at him now, and <laughs> we try to find out just what it is that made this person, because everybody's extraordinary in their own way, and we've all got stories, and we all have backgrounds, and we're not an individual. We come from land and people and history and all that sort of stuff. And the person I've got is Jacob Scott, designer, comes from an incredible family, Homoana legend. Um, um, and I want him to design my house, actually. <laughs> so welcome, Jacob. It's, just, it's an absolute pleasure having you here.
0: Kia ora, Chris. Kia ora. Kia ora.
1: So I want to start with, I'm going to go through your your childhood for a start, like and your place, so where you came from and your place. And I'm trying to, what I'm interested in is the things that you think that made you, and we'll go off on tangents and start saying, well, you know, here were these experiences that I had as a five-year-old or whatever, and these are the things that mould us. So you came from a very special place, Hilmoana, so Tell me a little bit about. Tell us about a little bit about that, and a little bit about your family in the in the, in that place.
0: Sure, Chris. Um, yeah, I grew up in Hamoana. I guess um, my um, grandparents kind of. My grandmother and was the matriarch, yeah. really. Uh, Kathleen Irani Blake. She was. Yeah. Yeah. An interesting story. There, she, was, she when she was a six-year-old girl, she was running around the streets here, around Frederick Street here. Yeah. And her her father was um, J.K. Blake, you know, a surveyor yeah, and, yeah. and uh, um, he was on the Murray Land Court, and I think he was the castings councillor at some stage. Uh, but she befriended a woman in this in this street here, yeah, uh, called Harani Hirani, Hirani Tihei. And, um, Hirani Tihei was, um, I think she was about 26 years old or something, and she had TB. Yeah. And so she asked, um, my grandmother's parents if she could adopt, or whangai, this six-year-old girl. Yeah. And, uh, and they agreed. They agreed. Um... And she also um, tapped the shoulders of uh, another whana and um, agreed to uh, whangai um, para holden.
1: Yeah.
0: Who was, yeah, para holden, who was then, I think, uh, five years old.
1: So a five year old and a six year old, one of them with TB. Yeah. Brought no, she had TB. Oh, yeah. she had TB. only t- and- Tehea.
0: Ah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's an amazing ancestor
0: (laughs) yeah so they agreed and then she subsequently i I don't think that the two kids lived with her at all they just got on okay um and um and when she died she left all her estate to those two kids yeah 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 so my grandmother was sent off to school in melbourne how was it? How was it? She went to Melbourne. Oh, I guess her father and you know, family organised yeah. that. Yeah, you know, because she was only six when she yeah. when this happened. But so they 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 knew that when she turned twenty one, she would, you know, get this drop. Yeah, which was pretty amazing. So they, um, she was sort of prepared, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, and then. Um, so she was, Hirani TA happened to be a fairly well-off, she was um, married to one of the hefis.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, so they had quite a bit of property around uh, here, around this area. Yeah, Quite a bit of property around Yeah, Havelock North, mm. on the hill. Uh, farm in, um, in Taihappy another block of land out at Matapera Station.
1: What what year are we talking? What sort of... This is early 1900s, aren't they? Yeah, early 1900s. Early 1900s, yeah. 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 So it was well before... Yeah. Yeah. Your your dad would have been born in the 20s or something, or... 19... Yeah,
0: 1933, I think. Okay, yeah. Something like that? Yeah. Yeah, so what happened was that my grandfather, who was um, Charles Mangu... Scott, yeah, he was uh, Nati Fakawi from um, Rotorua, yeah, oh, yeah. there, around Rotorua, th-
1: one of the lakes, isn't it, yeah. uh, Rotorua? O-
0: on Rotorua,
1: Ro- it's Ro- Lake Rotorua? Yeah. Rotorua, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You know that little steamy village at the end of the main street. <laughs> Wonderful place. <laughs>
1: I've yeah. been there. I actually went up onto some of their farmland. Yeah, Natifakawi. Fakawi. They were doing some really innovative things. There was a really good manager they had for their lands, oh. and they were looking at different things like truffles and stuff. Yeah, they were quite innovative.
0: Yeah. So he was in a in a war. He was a, he was a, a runner. You know, rode a motorcycle and he ran messages and things like yeah. that. Front line, got wounded a few times, but one of his mates happened to be my grandmother's brother. Yeah, and and he he copped it and asked my grandfather to contact his family when he came back, which and he did first thing. Came to see them and yeah. had a cup of tea.
1: <laughs> we all know what happened. I yeah. got a similar story. My grandfather went away with uh, um, the mounted rifles, and his best mate he married his he married his best
0: mate's sister. Yeah. when he came back to the east coast. Yeah, well, it was one of these. One of those. Yeah, so yeah.
1: it's very. It happens because you you, you feel like Farno, and you come back home, and you yeah you're, you're still mates, very very close mates, and yeah, there's some there's some young woman hanging around.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so they connected up. Yeah, got married, and then you know she had all of this um, property. So yeah. they decided what they would do, and they um, the people that owned the grange where we lived. Yeah, where where, the, where we live now. Yeah, and that home property. Wano. Yeah, they uh, owned Matapero Station. Ah,
1: that's oh. the connection. I didn't realise that. Yeah, yeah.
0: Then, yeah. and so my um, grandparents approached them to see if they wanted to aggregate the property they had adjacent to Matapero yeah. and trade for the the home that we've got now, yeah. for the Grange. Yeah. And they, they agreed to that. They did. So it was a trade. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: But you your father built that house? The, no. Oh, no.
0: No? No. Oh, I thought it was. No. That. no. No, that house was the, um, the homestead that was built um by Colonel Whitmore. So
1: that goes way back. So that was part of the Homoana estate.
0: Yeah. yeah. So it was the it was the Clive Grange. The Clive Grange. Then it was the Clive Grange, you yeah. know, because he was sort of organized to establish a constabulary here at Clive, yeah. wouldn't yeah. it? Keep the tension going.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just to stir the pot. Yeah, so
0: yeah. it's that property, it's the original oh, okay. Grange homestead. Oh I didn't realise. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, I thought it was a I thought it was a John Scott design.
0: No, no. So
1: tell us about your childhood there, anyway. So what was life like? You're a you're a five year old. You're let, you're allowed out of the house. Uh, did you? We the rule was you had to be home by uh, by dinner or dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, home for tea. That was. <laughs> just, if you're not, you're in trouble.
0: And that was about it, really. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. So, it wasn't like it is now, where we were kind of monitored and minded. Yeah. I don't think. No, no, I think I quite agree. But um, yeah, so we were fairly free.
1: You're an amazing landscape, though. So, tell us about Hamoan. I mean, you've got the estuary, the Tukituki estuary, but you've got what? Have, what have you got as a child? What's your playground? You've got well, rivers and creeks around as well.
0: Right uh, beside the house used to be the old, uh, you know, the the Tukituki River flowed right flowed right past. There. Oh. Oh, so it's shifted. It's shifted. Uh. Ah. It shifted over after the earthquake or during the earthquake, you know, yeah. how the waters meander yeah, yeah. around. So it found itself, you know, like um, what about half a K yeah. over to yeah. the left. Yeah. And they locked it in there with a stop bank. Yeah. You know, and I remember when I was a kid riding on the bulldozer, you know, with the guys uh sitting up there while they built that stop bank yeah. along and so our place is level with the top of that stop bank at at the end of it. And so the the water that was the main river is now backwater off um, off the lagoon, you know, when the tukituki hits the river mouth. Yeah, so it's there. And it's a bit of a drain now from the tukituki that can't get through the stop bank into the river.
1: They they made them drains, engineers. I mean, look at at what they did to, you know, the karamu, you know, that um even the last piece of road they've done they 've made it a ditch shape, yeah. which is not how it should be it should be riffled and whatever so your childhood your your um your upbringing where, are you are you the oldest or is is Emma the oldest or
0: i 'm the oldest I was, yeah, born in um in auckland because my old man he was um, found my mother who was a Joan Moffat, at um, <laughs> You was know, one one of his uh, lecturer mentors at uh, architecture school, Bill Wilson, yeah, was married to my mother's sister. So oh, I guess they, they It's party, the same. No?
1: It is the same thing.
0: Party time. Yeah, and they brought me home, uh, nineteen fifty-one. Yeah, and presented me. I was a, I was a month old then. Yeah, and presented me to the um, Christmas dinner party. Well, you wrapped up. <laughs> Must have been as a surprise as, to, to oh, my
1: grandparents. Yeah, is that right? So you came home then permanently. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah and then he, he moved back here and started. Yeah, started working from here.
1: Yeah. yeah. So he started working. Your father, John Scott, um, yeah. he's a famous architect. Everybody, um, everybody's heard of him. I imagine um, yeah. open plan stuff and and really interesting types of. Designs. I remember, I actually remember him lying down on the floor of the house that Peter Holland, who was, he employed, he was another architect that was, um, John Scott employed, and he lay down on the floor, your father lay down on the floor, and he was looking out the windows at all the space and the light, and he went, and he just nodded his head, and said, oh, yeah, Peter's done a good job here. (laughs) He was, he he was almost a spiritual man. What would you say? How would you describe him? Oh, well, he always had bare feet. Yeah, you know, that's, that's what, well, I mean, what does that mean? I he's, mean <laughs> he's, huh? What does that mean? He's, he's feeling, he's feeling the place. Yeah, he's
0: feeling the place. I mean, he, whenever he was, he'd get around in the towel, not much else. <laughs> um, he's known for that. Yeah, interesting bloke, my old man. He was, you know, he, he had his own kind of ideas. Um, I guess he was part of that group at a architecture school that um looked at uh what was being built here and decided to open it up a bit called yeah. the group yeah. yeah and he carried on with that kind of outlook devising stuff really yeah uh, right through his life but um he was a bit isolated from all the others down here so he had developed his own kind of approach was pretty much um Seeing what he could do with uh, a concrete block, a bit of four x two, yeah, and um, and a simple saw, you know, and a, and a sheet of uh, now sheets were available, you know. You're with, talking about jib sheets, jib or pli- uh, ply, um, chipboard and stuff oh, like it. that. Yeah, yeah. So, they, um, yeah, pretty simple really. But he growing up in that grange, yeah, I think he uh, looking at it now. Because he never did any maintenance on the Grange at all, right? And he lived all his life there. He was born there. (laughs) No, born there. Um, And everybody used to wonder at that. But I think he, we think he used to um, (coughs) watch and see which bits fell off in which order. Seriously? Yeah.
1: That's that's
0: an interesting mind. Yeah. And um, if he had lived longer, you know. He would have just put a tent up inside, you know, and lived in that, I think. Yeah. That's an extraordinary father. That's an
1: extraordinary man to grow up with. Hmm. How did that impact on
0: you? Because it's like it's out of the box. It's
1: What happened to you?
0: Well, he was out of the box. I remember when, you know, because we lived with my grandparents until we pushed them out because there were six of us kids in the end. And so they left the home, and um, established another, you know, in, in Napier. But um, people used to think it was strange because he, j- you know, it's quite a quite a grand estate. Yeah, you know, big trees and good gardens and all of that. And when I was a kid, he let the let the grass grow long.
1: I totally love that. I think we should have meadows. Why do we have this thing about lawns? I do not know.
0: And he waited until I was old enough to use a scythe <laughs> before <laughs> before we, he cut it down. But yeah, so yeah, you know, growing up as a kid, it was all in long grass. Oh, you, you know, had know, butterflies and
1: crickets running around. Come dis, on,
0: just you know, dismayed a lot of the whanau, I think.
1: Well, come on, there'd be goldfinches flittering all over the meadow. Yeah. Yeah. F- wild flowers. There'd be flowers coming up.
0: <laughs> so, um, yeah. But I, I think... Um, so it was, that, it was kind of like a, an overgrown world yeah. that I yeah. grew up in. Why,
1: uh, can I ask you a question? Why do you think we have short grass? Why do we have lawns? I mean, there's cricket and there's croquet, but w- why?
0: Well, we've got all this pasture <laughs> it's all the- around, <laughs> there, and it's the kind of like... <laughs> The thing to do, isn't it? You'd never see a blade of grass much no. more than. Oh, eh?
1: I've got some terrible people in the neighbourhood that I think are ex-military sort of regimental sergeant majors, and there are there is their, their, their trimmings between the lawn and the and the perfect concrete path are, are absolutely perfect. It's yeah. um, it's parade ground stuff. Yeah. yeah, but he. So this is the thing. You come from such an artistic family that you just don't. Like you, I, I, well, this is where I'm really interested. In. You've got a lens on the world. All the Scots seem to have a lens on the world that's that is openly questioning of what you know we normally how we normally expected to see things. You know.
0: Yeah, and, maybe, maybe. Uh, I think
1: you're being modest.
0: Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Oh, I like my models <laughs> yeah Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is
1: your rebellion stage. Yeah, well, that, I mean, I,
0: uh, that, you know, I had to learn how to fix the mower after all that. <laughs> you know, and my grandfather used to try and get me to mow the the lawn. Um,
1: I um, love the scythe story. I think that having a having to scythe the lawn,
0: yeah,
1: John Scott's lawn, having to be sized by a scythe by his son is pretty cool. And Did once, you do a good job?
0: Yeah, yeah, but once it got down, you know, it had to be kept down. And my grandfather used to had this big old real mower, weighed it. It was much bigger, you know, once it got going you could The push ones? It. No, oh, no, those, no, those, Oh, those electric it ones, was yeah. A big, no, it was a yeah. big motorised yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, and he used to here, make me do here, that right? after school sometimes, mow the lawn, yeah. and I used to, you know, pull it apart so it wouldn't start. <laughs> I even pulled petrol over it and lit it up one time, I think. But you know, I used to always, you know, it was part of my upbringing was learning how to fix the mower.
1: <laughs> That you would already already um, damaged, so you didn't have to mow the lawn. Yeah. It's going from one end to the for a real mower is what they use for those plush, those little rolling rolling those uh, bowling green type things. So it's going from yeah, it's going from one extreme to the other. Yeah, so there's yeah. a tennis court. There. Yeah, tennis court. That's a, yeah, it's yeah. fair enough. You have, you have a short grass, the tennis court fine. Mm. So this is like what else about your life? Like, did you were you a uh, like you had each one of you kids were, were pretty close together. So you'd you'd work There a was pack. a
0: bunch of four of us that were fairly close together. You know, yeah. within a year, two years of each oh, yeah, other. Yeah, and then uh, younger twin brothers. They were sort of fifteen years. Oh well, that yeah. separation from me. But you
1: did you know in the country you normally grabbed a younger brother and went yeah. somewhere, and yeah. that's the way life was. So what's, what was it like? You know, when you've got and and how, what was Homoana like in those days? Was it what sort of community was it like?
0: Oh, it was a um, a great community in summer. Yeah, you know, like a, a, there was many, many people that would come in yeah. in summer. Well, I guess it was batches, but there were also lots of campus. That lagoon and all of that was pretty good. There used to be a camp store there, and you know, all, a whole lot of girls would turn up. and It's summer. always good, Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was. Well, has
1: it changed now is it because i I can actually tell you that I remember going and staying overnight at a batch in this way out place called Homoana, mm. and it was miles away and we had to stay overnight because it was so far away mm. and I was living in havelock and it was like and I remember being there and it was really cool and we went to the beach and stuff like that and and it was like a it was a, it was a leg to get it was it, we yeah. thought it was a it's a bit like you know Hastings people thought napier was in the other other planet yeah and that idea of distance was um so it was a holiday place, lots of cribs there.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, and a one way bridge, you know, across the Tukituki, yeah, that yeah. low slung bridge, which uh, I remember that. Uh, school was away, you know, a couple of K or K away.
1: Same place as it is now? Same place. Yeah. isn't
0: that, yeah, that used to be the the, um, the Clive Grange School. Yeah. And Hamoana wasn't uh, named Hamoana until uh, I think that we just had the 100 year. Uh, centenary for for that school this year.
1: So what was it before then? It was
0: Clive Grange School. Clive Grange. Okay. Yeah, and then so and then they put a name on Hamuana. Yeah. Or, or explored a name, and we're figuring now that the, my grandfather he must have had something to do with that name Hamuana. Yeah. Because um, the street that he came from, Ngāti and uh, and yeah. and Rotorua is Hamuana too. Yeah.
1: So, ah. oh, so there's so not. It's a, a relatively
0: recent. Ah, so the naming.
1: Of, it's sea. What? What's Ho Minor? What's Ho? Sea breeze. Breath. breath. You yeah, yeah. breathe. Yeah. Yeah. The breath of breath the of sea. The water. Breath. Of yeah. The breath sea. of the sea.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is a beautiful
1: name. It's yeah. a Beautiful
0: name. Yeah. yeah. But um. Yeah. No, it's a good place to grow up. I, Wonderful. I, you know.
1: Yeah. I I think well I remember a teenager in the 70s and I thought that Hawke's Bay was a pretty amazing place um, to grow up I thought it was excellent you yeah. know we had the beaches we had the rivers the Tukituki River was a, was a mega a mecca for kids yeah. I don't know if it, is it what, have you noticed what, what what changes have you noticed
0: well we used to be a, we used to go to school and um, as long as we were back for for meal time yeah. it was alright so we'd decide which way we were coming home as kids you know we'd either go you know further up the tukituk and then come down the river yeah, bank yeah. Uh, down the Hope. or go to Tiawonga and come back over that way mm. um we'd sort of pick our patch really doing what eh doing what oh we had all little campsites and little little huts and yeah. all along there and yeah, yeah, you yeah. know um there was a, the surf at Tiawonga and there were dams in the back of the paddocks and um frogs and things like that in there but you know we'd Go there and have our battles and
1: yeah oh yeah they were always important all
0: that. <laughs> as kids yeah I remember all that but uh, yeah so we yeah it was pretty free
1: yeah I can imagine that life there yeah, yeah. so did that how did that create this um, this creative person in you then like what sort of experiences do you have that sort of made you think about what I wanted to do or
0: um you know? most of it wasn't too conscious
1: really. I don't think it ever is actually i I, I think that it's you're 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 of a, you're embedded in a in a farno place mm. community and and it it just the it flows in your blood I mean the waters flow through you
0: yeah I remember when I went to high school yeah and um you know you had to choose between art and maths okay? and the old man said oh no, you doing maths did he yeah it's a bit of a conflict
1: for an architect because you want artistic yeah. and you need some drafting, Yeah, don't you?
0: no, he said, oh, you can do the art any time at home.
1: Ah, so you were living with an art.
0: Yeah, that was his art. Yeah, so he, uh, and he's, but he did jack me up with a, a guy, um, um, John Sullivan. Yeah. Who was an art teacher. And so a mate of mine in Hamwani, and Thorburn and I, we used to go and visit this guy on a Saturday, every yeah. Saturday. We'd push bike over to Avrook, yeah. and spend the day with this guy John Sullivan, on the side, and I make stuff. You know, so yeah. He, he, um,
1: what sort of artist were you?
0: What sort of artist? Yeah. Oh, I could do stuff. Hands worked, you know, and um, liked uh, playing with stuff. I think the other one, that I just we just um, other key memory is um, paramatchet who just died two weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He he was a mate of my old man's, you know, there's yeah. kind of a bit of a national fraternity yeah. of those fellows. And um, anyway, he turned up at our school at Hamawana when I was at Standard 1, Standard 2, as an art advisor. And um, my story that goes with Para is that at um, Smoko, mates and I were all, all around outside in the car park there and he had a a red pretty new red mark II jack yeah yeah (laughs) and we were all oohing and ahhing at this leather seats and walnut dash yeah yeah and he said oh you want to go for a ride boys yeah so he'd come in as an art advisor you know to the school he was doing you know we were doing some fi crayon drawings and stuff like that as you do and um we all jumped in his car. And we did a hundred mile an hour down that school hill, oh, no. first time.
1: <laughs> well, there's a you got the hill, I suppose.
0: Yeah, they didn't have
1: that junction there at the time. You know, it yeah. would have been a straight road. Down so there. he was always
0: a hero of mine. Of course,
1: he was. There's another rebel. There's a there's a theme coming through here, Jacob. You're surrounded by these rebels, and and um, mm. you know. Mm. alternative perspectives I'm loving I'm loving the scythe I keep on thinking of the scythe story I think that your father's long grass is brilliant
0: yeah Yeah. Yeah. so I did I I didn't really get along with my old man too well when when I was a teenager we don't
1: tend to it particularly as teenagers
0: no later on though he called me gave me a call while I was in Australia to see if I'd come home and give him a hand to work on a job at the Niwiniwa National Park you know for Iruera
1: Oh, that's right. He did all the... Um, he did the the park... The visitor centre. The visitor centre. That, that's, yeah. that's a John Scott, isn't it? Yeah. And I'd done yeah.
0: a... Um, been working in graphics, graphic design, and i Anyway. And I'd gone away. And I came back to, to see what I could do, and he wanted me to help him set up the... Um, kind of museum part of that. Yeah. Display thing. So I did that. And then I started just... Tuning into what he was doing, yeah, and started working for him. Yep, yeah, that that was interesting. But that, that was when I started working for him. And then I started to understand him, and and we got on pretty good. Yeah,
1: yeah. He was in a different. He was in a world that you had to probably, you had to walk through the door to his in his world. I'd imagine because the fact that he was different. A lot of people, it's it's a struggle. It would have been easier for you because you were you were of the whanau. You were you would have seen this day by day. You would have been surrounded by art in some ways, but. For another person, I don't think they get people like John Scott or some of the other great architects. Eh?
0: Well, our house was like a um, railway station. In what way? Well, oh, everybody going in and out from and... around the country would yeah. call in. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like a way stop. Yeah. And um, my mother was a good cook, there's yeah. always a good yeah. feed. Yeah. And uh, they'd stay. So it was. And conversation?
1: Were you allowed to be part of it? Were kids sent out to. Play in the ditch.
0: No, I won't <laughs> send out. But um, the conversation, the old man was always uh, uh, um, a. No matter who turned up, he'd end up. Wouldn't take him long, and he'd take the opposite side to where they were going. <laughs> you know,
1: just just in order to get a debate going. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So they were quite, um, quite tough debates. Yeah, yeah, always, always. It was, it was sort of like that. He was, he loved to. Set an argument up
1: <laughs> in a friendly way. I yeah. mean, there's an there's an argument and there's a, a fight. I mean, yeah. an argument's not necessarily a fight. It's yeah. just a
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, it was it was noticeable, and he'd set him up too with not only with his mates and things that came in, yeah, but but with my mother too, which that wasn't too good. No, so I, I got to a point where I I sort of made a little pleasure with myself that I wouldn't argue with anybody about anything for a while yeah. yeah
1: so after you got this upbringing and then you went you did go away so you went off to melbourne or
0: or somewhere yeah where'd you go oh sydney melbourne sydney melbourne. yeah doing uh i picked up jobs um cleaning cars and yeah doing some artwork for printers and stuff like that i was just doing freelance work then and then came back to work for the old man.
1: But you lived, you learned things. You, did you those experiences. Do you think they were pretty formative? You, you went. Were you a surfer?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. look, listen to him. Yeah. yeah. You just see him sigh. Yeah. So that was so the break at the break at Te Oonga or in Hamuana.
0: Yeah. I mean that was a daily, a daily thing. Yeah. For you. I knew you know we knew wherever the wave was, yeah. we would be. You know Te Hamoana, Hamuana, Um, Ma here often that was that was kind of what life was about yeah really
1: Um, did you have a V-dub combi with flowers on it just seeing if the no
0: I had one of those small (laughs) back window little V-dubs oh you did you know 1957 or 58 jobs yeah you know with a um, free flow exhaust out the back and wheels turned around so that made them look (laughs) wider you know (laughs)
1: <laughs> with a with a, uh, a a mattress in the back, things like that. Yeah, yeah we used yeah. to still see them. It's just oh, it's it's a great era. It's a great era. Yeah, my oh, sister. I got to tell you the story. My sister has this story about she was a young Havelock North girl, and the girls would go down and they go to where Tamata Estate is now, and there's a little shrub tree there, and they would want to get to Waimarama Ocean Beach, and the teenage girls, and they were and they would sit there behind this tree and they'd look out, and if it wasn't a cool car. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't step out yeah. because there were three blondes, yeah. three teenage blonde chicks and things, and so they'd wait for the cool, probably you, Jacob Scott coming along in his in his dub Combi, and then that's then they'd step set out. And she said, "We always got to drive there. We always got to drive back. Yeah. they the safest houses." And yeah. they got a, they went they got you know a day at the beach.
0: Yeah, no, the old man had a V-Dub up. You know, there were a couple, so I learned to drive on that. I remember going for my license. The day i turned 15 yeah or the yeah, day after yeah driving up to get my license yeah on my own and being told off yeah. for uh, by the cop by the cop yeah where would In you do vision? a
1: hill stand a hill stop um and a hill started um around clive you wouldn't no
0: know. no no it's because you went to the county office which was out here by oak avenue then oh, okay you, you went there and then they took you over that little rise along uh tolly marsh road sort of there onto the, the railway, railway rise yeah oh, God. <laughs>
1: I did mine in <modern> Havelock <laughs> and I had to go backwards down a thing in gear you had to go backwards you had to take the clutch out and actually travel backwards in gear and it was a, it's a hard manoeuvre for a 15 year old
0: oh, I was alright because you know that was one of the things that I used to do was when I get got home from school before I turned 15 for yeah. years I would jump in the car and I had a racetrack all around the house at home yeah must have driven the old man and his guys that worked for him crazy. Yeah. Because I, I would drift around that race, that track all around past the, on the lawn. And that You were a V-dub. boy racer before the boy racers came along. Mm. <laughs> yeah.
1: With a V-dub.
0: And, it, you know, I wouldn't tolerate that now around, you know, but he did. Yeah.
1: Mm. yeah. Well, you're a bit of a patriarch in the village. Your sister's probably a bit of a matriarch.
0: Yes, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so when you so you came home you you did when you went to Australia I imagine surf was part of the yeah part of the attraction
0: yeah 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 came home worked for the old man um, decided to build a house yeah have a go at that which is next door to the grand, next door yeah. yes yeah. so I managed to <coughs> buy a, a bit off of my grandmother mm-hmm. who owned the property then because we, we were just camping in there as a family yeah so the old man and I, we worked out all the subdivision for the whole lot, and then I managed to make that happen, and um, he, um, I wanted to build a, build a house, but he, he wouldn't help. He wouldn't? No.
1: Now why? Because that's interesting.
0: Yeah.
1: I would have thought that a father would almost be imposing often, no. but he, no. why not?
0: He supported the idea yeah. fully. But you had to do it all on your own, design, design. But he wanted to tick it off. Yeah, all yeah. Right? So I would have gone. I don't know. I say six, seven, eight years. Um, just keep coming up with propositions, and he go, "No, nah. yeah." And one day he said, "Yeah, no, that, that'll work," and and that was it. But you had to work it out all yourself, and then. Oh wow! Um, he trained you. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And critical yeah. thinking. And well, his
0: way of working with him, you know, and yeah. I have to say what's like that too, is that he'd give you a project, you know, somebody's kitchen or something, or do something, and he'd leave you there for a week, two weeks, figure it out, yeah, and just leave you alone. And then uh, you take it to him, and he'd either screw it all up. Oh, two weeks' work. lift it away. <laughs> And there was the days you know where everything was drawn, hand drawn. So this or, is this is hand drawn, drafted, yeah, by hand, yeah. yeah, or or rub it all out, you know, and and um, that was the process. And then um, he'd sit down with you and work it. You'd work it out together, yeah, from there. So you were able to contribute to the debate, yeah, and critique, you know, like add to the conversation, yeah. As to why and what are you doing? So we, so then it was always the finished one was always by his hand, but with your uh, uh, input, your from, concept
1: to start with as well. Yeah, you he approve the concept, and then you work through the the details later?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so um, it was always uh, always a struggle to get the result, but. You know, in a struggle to come to terms with the fact that all of your careful thinking and stuff like that, that you'd been through, you couldn't be precious about anything. Everything was there, needed to be challenged. Yeah. Yeah. So, really, it was um, my mate and I, Steve McGavick, we worked together on on stuff and we we knew that that was the process after a while. So, we used to give them the second to last iteration.
1: So what happened to the ones before that? You sorted out. No, we so got, kept those back. Oh, Okay. Yeah, right. and
0: then we'd see how close we got to those. How close oh. we could get to those.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh. So you started to. You actually started to see through his eyes in some ways. You started to be able to. Well, you had to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 You had
1: to. Do you think he he knew what he was doing about that? Did he knew? Did he, he obviously realised that you had design. You had art. So, was he... Do you think he was consciously trying to to pull you out or, or, you know, push you in a direction?
0: Yeah. Yeah, he was. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it was... Even his own, you know, he would never do the same thing twice. Yeah. You know, he wouldn't repeat a detail twice. He'd always evolve it. Yeah. You know, so everything... Every job was an opportunity for, you know... To develop something a bit further, yeah. every job yeah. and every part of every job. So it was all about um, tuning in and then refining. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and peering back to essentials. So pretty Spartan, yeah. you know. Um, Everything sort of minimums. You know, people were smaller than they thought they are. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, you know, some places quite um, low ceilings, um, small tight spaces yeah. compared to now. Yeah. Spartan, um, you know, facilities like one PowerPoint in a room. And um,
1: Why do you think he was into that?
0: He was into um, economy. Yeah, which was always good. Yeah, yeah. I mean... He, he he was um, back to basics, but what he, what he was strong on was um, the connection between inside and outside. Yeah. And so I, I think what he developed was a way of, because he, he'd grown up in that, um, in the Grange, in the homestead, which is quite grand. Yeah. You know. And so he, he knew what it should feel like to feel uh, to feel good in, in a place and in a property. Yeah. And I think he thought that um, everybody deserved that. I think they that do. That sense. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's it's funny because you know that's one of the reasons I, I want to talk to you because it's something that really interests me about you try to make a place mm. a place that you can completely relax and chill. Mm. You know, when you think about some of those, um my girlfriend, she she was in a state house, and there was a narrow hallway down the middle of the house, and kitchen, and and in the front was the kitchen and the lounge, and then you had entrance way, narrow hallway, and little wee tiny WC that mm. was literally a closet. You couldn't, know, mm. it was a broom closet, and they always, they just felt, they felt utilitarian. They felt they they weren't about about peace and love and outdoor indoor. They were. You know, they were very strange houses. I thought.
0: And yeah, well, looking at it, common. looking at it now, I'm trying to sort of figure out what he was doing. You know, he, he wouldn't desire draw and um, he wouldn't draw boxes. No, no, so none of the rooms were boxes. You know, he'd draw um, he'd draw a U shape, yeah, and maybe um, organise those various U's so that they. Is the space between that he was interested in yeah. and the space beyond. So, um, but never in a, never never locked into a, a box or, you know, one one door in and one door out and yeah. that sort of thing. So it was kind of like, it was about how to develop those passageways. So that's flow, people flow. flow. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. probably I think of it in terms of how you'd probably design a, develop a... a landscape or a garden yeah yeah so that um you know with hedging or planting there's is the house is sort of thought about like that so so that it's um it extends into that ground but you know you you need to be able to get in and out in all sorts of directions and you use the space between yeah um um well so that all the space is usable yeah and is it
1: related to time of day type of weather um i mean i love the idea that when you've got four or five different groups you can have a single person or a couple of people here or you know you can you can have lots of different places where they can sit and be if you like in that sense and i always felt that well peter holland um, i know he was not John Scott, but I mean, I always felt some of those houses were like that. There were lots of nooks and crannies and Yeah, well, seats. Peter worked with the old man. Oh, he really did. Yeah, them. he was. Yeah. Uh, he was. Yeah, yeah.
0: But yeah, so um, yeah, so as those nooks and crannies and things like I that, I love those. I think they're great. Yeah. yeah, but it's a different way of thinking.
1: Why um, do you say that? Because I thought that that's sort of like uh, you. I've read a bit about you know, like house design, and a lot of a lot of the really cool people they don't want these. You know, they sort of the McMansion. Can I can I use the word Russell Robertson Drive? That's mm. where people. That's where clerks go to die. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the most boring place. I mean, I have to tell you. I mean, I am in a place where there's there's autumn leaves, and mm. I'm loving it. Mm. And there's wildflowers because somebody hasn't on their lawn, mm. <laughs> mm. and the leaves are accumulating and blowing, and they are brilliant. And the kids mm. are out there on bikes, and and then you go to Russell Robertson Drive, and there's a leaf blower for the one single leaf that's been allowed to fall, <laughs> and it has to be hurried away into a bag somewhere. Yeah. And I'm just shaking my head, trying to get away as fast as I can, but it's the quickest route yeah. to somewhere else. And it's a—it's yeah. not a village. It's—it yeah. hasn't, and that's—it's not just the house. It's the—it's the community. It's the linkages for how you flow in a community. I mean, yeah, you know, they, you know—you talked about landscape, and there's. The village and there's the house and things. It takes. What does it take? You tell me. What does it take to be able to think and see like that? Because not many people do. I don't suspect.
0: Oh, I think what what helps at the moment is is um, is having a look at what has happened.
1: <laughs> yeah, go on.
0: with a critical eye, maybe. Yeah, you know, I see. You know, like you got these. these I mean, you talk about the pollution washing up on the beach and the yeah. plastic and stuff, but, you know, what's what's creeping down the valleys, you know? Yeah. You drive over in, into Auckland and you see all those kind of houses all monotone, all of them, and, um, yeah, it's just, it's just the wrong... Just,
1: Pete but somehow
0: people don't look at, don't see that as being bloody a pollutant, you
1: know. Well, it is a pollutant, but it also it's it's not like in the future is it going to be able to cope? I mean, is that the sort of community that's going to be able to thrive the way a village thrives? and I mean, I flew over Rolleston coming back from Invercargill, and I was horrified. I mean, they weren't even five hundred or four hundred square meter sections; they were. As they were sort of a meter on each side of the house on both sides, and a little bit at the front, and that was it. It was they were tiny. They were probably three hundred square meter sections, one on top of the other. Not a tree yeah. anywhere. Yeah. And you look at the great suburbs of the world, and they're all they've all got trees around, large yeah. trees around.
0: And yeah, yeah. We've we've ended up being, and I mean, it's probably hard to find any square meter in our land that hasn't been man manipulated, yeah, eh? yeah, and I'm, and and come under significant, huge change in yeah, a short yeah. short period. Eh?
1: I I just wonder whether the village will be the future concept that we we go back to that that whole the the feel of that of that community that that you know we've both brought been brought up in that. Uh, as opposed to that 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 really Spartan subdivision hmm. that 's uh, I mean you know Pete Seeger wrote little boxes on the hillside and mm-hmm. all made out a tiki tacky you know and then everybody was it you know the lot the, that goes on with the all the all the people in the houses are all just the same as well, so there 's a a lack of diversity in terms of the culture of those sort of places that yeah. that uh, I think comes into it as well yeah, yeah
0: well, somehow the old man has come to. Kind of represent for me anyway, and I think for some others has been a significant kind of uh, contributor to to sh- showing some other possibilities. Yes, yeah. you know, and yeah. and uh, you know, from where I we sit now, it's a real legacy. Yeah, to, that we've um, that you know that we we belong to that. Fucker Papa yeah and um, and that's you know something seems to have rubbed off because you know we're lucky at the moment to be in, be being invited into that space to to reconsider how our um, or to have a go at doing what we might be able to do um, in that space in that building environment space yeah and that's pretty exciting so um, so do you think you're getting listened to? So I mean, it seems if
1: I don't know, you'd correct me if I'm wrong, but we had a period where there was some quite creative architecture in terms of how we look at things, and then we got into this sort of horrible period where property developers try to yeah. throw as many houses as possible into as small a space as possible with no, as minimal amenity, and and all these conditions that you must have a certain model car and rubbish, and you've got to keep the one leaf isn't allowed to be a leaf. Yeah. Um, and is there a move back? Is there is there more of an um, Are you feeling as if you're starting to belong more to the the discussion, or have you always had a a role, always had a place?
0: No, I think now there is a feeling that maybe there's a there's a call for. um, Okay, you've done you've done what you've done in in your life, you know, and I've managed to leave a few projects on the ground that are tangible and you know people can touch and see and feel, and they've been part of and then slowly over the time I see that what's happened is that um, people think oh if you did that can you look at that yeah yeah. look at this with us and then you look at that and you get another result and it's tangible um you know it's not just on a on a bit of a4 paper or yeah you know in word form or, or or a strategy or something it's it's actually something that yeah, you know, and then slowly you get asked to go outside of your comfort zone yeah. into other zones, and I kind of I kind of like being outside of my own comfort zone, and kind of being able to go into a project and uh, with a question, you know, and and no answer until you've really done a bit of study on it and shared some stuff with other people. Isn't that- there's something
1: special about that. And the, op- the other end of the extreme is just is to say, oh, here's a formula, yeah. and you repeat the formula on, on the 350 square metres or yeah. whatever. And, but the idea that you can actually sit there and look and see and think and imagine, yeah. it seems to me that that's, a, that's so fulfilling. Yeah. Um, you know, and from a land point of view, and when you look at land and community and economy, you start thinking like that instead of the formulaic approach, then lots of potential... Scope opens up. That um, I yeah. think it's a privilege to actually be able to work in that space.
0: Yeah. So you know, like now with the offer, you know, with the were setting up this building company. Yes. Tell us about this K three. You know, and and we've so Kavanunu
1: is uh, this is is it um, Papa Kaina type structures or
0: uh, they're just um, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Open mind on that. Yeah. But it's it's what we're looking at. Is, and they've got us involved. I'll put my hand up because when um, when I look at what's happened in that space and what we're left with at the moment, most of that has been developed by developers. A lot of it's been developed by uh, people who are um, speculate. You know, they yeah. build. Yeah. And then, you know, it's, it's a flick-off thing. Yeah. They've got, they've got no uh, investment you know, for themselves in the end that they want to live in, yeah. probably. It's just, a, they're just commodities. <laughs> that's, it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, and what's generally been missing, and I, and I love builders. I think I really like, you know, I like building, you know, yeah. and all those trades and all that. But they have missed out, the, the whole lot of them seems to have missed out the understanding about what... Architecture is about yeah. Which so what is it about? Well, architecture is, is not only a study of building and, and stuff like that, but it's a study of histories, yeah. Study of culture, study of social, eh? Yeah. It's a study of um, um, environmental context, yeah. Eh? It's um re- resource. It's a whole. It's a whole bigger picture study, yeah. And out of that, you get you get uh, you know stuff that contributes to a built environment. But those people have been left out of the picture completely. That whole profession yeah. hasn't done well, I don't think, in sort of making people aware of what the difference is between an architect and a designer or an architect and a builder yeah. or an architect and a developer and even planners. There's yeah. a difference there.
1: I always imagine that that's a problem because... If you're a formulaic type person, yeah. you love. I, I'm going to be get hate mail. You love Russell Robertson Drive. Yeah. If for anyone who doesn't know, that's a subdivision on the on the east side of Havelock North. That's <laughs> um, very neat.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: and we're wondering when the temperature rise and the albedo effect comes on that they get 45 degree temperatures there because there's no trees. But anyway, that's yeah. beside the point. But I do think that like planners, they've, they've allowed those things. They've allowed what is a car subdivision, like a Los Angeles subdivision, if you like, yeah. which then, is, it's like you have to have a motorway, don't you? You know, it's like, it's not about a village or it's not about changing the way you live, not just within your house, but also within your community. They just don't seem to... And I wonder about whether, how much the planners have got um, are responsible or partially responsible for uh, encouraging even that sort oh, of Oh, I
0: think they've had a big role in that to date. But it's interesting... Now, like um, like here in Hastings, you know, the, there was a bit of work put into trying to get a, um, some understandings about um, Papakainga. Yeah, yeah. Okay? And, um, and you would know that, you know, in the past, not too long ago, there was a strong um, zoning kind of um, controls that pulled people away from their uh marae, yes, or away from yep. their village. Eh? And identified that if they wanted to build they had to go to this suburb. Yep. Eh? And and fit into that and travel from there to another another area in town that is the industrial zone. Yep. Eh?
1: It's actually an industrialized or in a commoditizing way of looking at life. Yeah. So you know that's the way. Yeah. So I'm gonna we're gonna wrap up for now, but I wanna know some like you've got this. I think a wonderful philosophy on life. But where do you see you? Because I know that you're partnering with your daughter. Mm. You know, you. She's an architect. So what's this? This. I just give us a bit of an understanding of what's happening with
0: Anna, Hannah, Hannah. Another Scott. Yeah, another, another Scott. Scott. So she's third generation now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but she's she's the only one of us that's really qualified rest of us cowboys Defined qualified anyway um, sorry yeah but uh yeah so we we're working together and yeah. um yeah yeah I mean she she's got it it's I think she's it's great working with her um did she know your father yeah she did yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember when he died she wrote him a letter yeah. she, she said Oh uh Thank you for the apple you gave me yesterday.
1: <laughs> yeah. How old was she at the time?
0: She would have been about 6 or something like oh, that. Oh,
1: it's beautiful, yeah. man. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. There's a there's a great spirit in this family. There's a and and I think I mean I do believe in spirit. I believe that um, you know wairua flows through and that's where if you have a good community and you have a good house and you start to think about towns and cities and subdivisions and houses as being um, something more than just walls and
0: things. Well, the Papakainga idea is a is a way to begin to rethink. But it's interesting that that's existed now in this district for a little while. Yeah. But what's happened is that those Papakainga the the lids come off all of the compliance regu- regular compliance. Yeah. So suddenly
1: the planners that's, are getting that there's a new way the, of seeing.
0: Yeah. There's a community of interest that can be yeah. formed. There's a whole lot of things you can aggregate or organise differently. And so let's show us what that would be like. Yeah. So there's opportunity to do that. But what happens is people default to the same, to the same, even in those spaces. That's the problem, yeah. is that there's no models of any difference around. But they'll
1: come. I mean, when they've come. got people, like I think pretty, particularly when you've got Ewe and you've got people with your sort of Background, then we then we might start to see some things happen. I Also, think climate change and various things like that, oh, is going yeah. to force things All like that as that. yeah. well. Yeah. Jacob, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, talking with you. It's um, it's very revealing and it's very deep and rich and and I really thank you um, from the bottom of my heart for coming along and and talking with with us. So, um, um, thank you very much. Cheers.
0: Thank you.